So we've had these pillars from the start, but the specific features or improvements that we were prioritizing, we've tried to follow a customer feedback-driven approach there. So some of the things that we have, for example, invested a lot in more recently are leveraging some of the advancements in large language models and generative AI into this search and question answering experience. So we started with a more traditional search experience where you could see a list of results relevant to your query. But now we've, for example, just added support for being able to get a synthesized response, kind of combines information from different sources. And so you don't even have to read the document, for example. My name is Prasad Kothikar. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Dashworks. This is Code Story. A podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries. Spent six months moonlighting. There's nothing on the backhand. Who share what it takes to change an industry. I don't exactly know what to do next. took many goes to get right. Who built the teams that have their back. Our company is its people. The teams help each other achieve. Most proud of our team. Keeping scalability top of mind. All that infrastructure was a Yes, we've been fighting it as we grow. Total waste of time. The stories you don't read in the headlines. It's not an easy thing to achieve, Mike. Took it off the shelf and dusted it off and tried it again. To ride the ups and downs of the startup life. You need to really it's want it. not just about technology. All this and more on Code Story. I'm your host, Noah Labhart. And today, how Prasad Kothekar built the AI search assistant for work, enabling your team to leverage collective expertise. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open-source edge database from the creators of LibSQL. Do you put your edge computing close to your users? You should put your data there, too. Terso makes this easy, utilizing the developer experience of SQLite. Access a free starter plan at terso.tech slash codestory. Terso, welcome to the data edge. This episode is brought to you by our friends at MemberStack. MemberStack is the fastest way for you to launch a beautiful Webflow MVP with robust authentication and smooth payments integration. Join companies like Slack and American Airlines in serving millions of members every single day. Get started for free by visiting memberstack.com slash codestory. Prasad Kothekar grew up in India and eventually came stateside to school in Wisconsin. He took a Java coding class and was immediately hooked, which led him to pursuing computer science, focusing on artificial intelligence. He met his tribe during school and stayed on for further academic experiences. Outside of tech, he lives in the Bay Area and enjoys being outside in nature. There was a time in his previous role that he was searching for info related to the work he was doing. After seven email threads and eight weeks passing, he finally located the document. This experience blew him away and seeded the problem he now seeks to solve. This is the creation story of Dashworks. Dashworks is essentially solving the problem for helping employees find instant answers to their questions at work. I got started in this because there was a time in in one of my previous roles where I was looking for some information about a project that I was getting started with. And it took me seven email threads and eight weeks roughly to find a document that was really just a link inside our company intranet. 
and it's something that had happened to me previously as well during onboarding for new roles for example where i would be exposed to a lot of different tools and different information sources that our company was using and it was really hard to get answers to questions around why certain decisions were made what were the roadmaps around certain features about my coworkers about customers and so on it just seemed to be in stark contrast with how easy it was to find information on the public web where you could just open up your favorite search engine and type in a few keywords to get exactly the answer that you were looking for so i had a little bit of experience in information retrieval and nlp so decided to dig deeper into it and found that there were no great solutions for this to do this inside your own workplace and at the same time everybody i was speaking to not just in my in my domain like engineering and product but in say sales and marketing and support was also experiencing a similar problem in their own capacity for example for customer support agent this might mean not being able to find answers to a customer's questions to which they have to respond really quickly and so on and so decided to start working on dashworks since there was no great solution for solving this problem let's dive into the mvp So that first version of the product you built, how long did it take to build and what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? So it took us about 3 months to build our MVP. We initially got started with interestingly an Electron app on our desktop. The hypothesis that we had which has since largely remained true although our implementation has changed quite quite dramatically was that we needed to tap into an existing habit or an existing workflow for our users to really build a com- compelling product experience in this space. One of the tools that Mac users are very familiar with is a command space keyboard-driven spotlight, which lets them find documents inside their local machine. And the initial experience that we went with for our MVP was a very similar experience, so a different keyboard shortcut, but it was still an overlay that would sit on top of your desktop on on your other applications. And instead of just doing local search, it was allowing you to do cloud search, so it could connect with your Google Drive and a couple of other key apps that our initial users and customers had expressed interest in, and would allow you to kind of get very fast and accurate results for for file completions. And we specifically used a search service called Elgolia. which is optimized for these low latency auto complete kind of queries it's typically used in e-commerce settings where latency can have a really large impact on user churn so they've optimized it for essentially these like auto complete style queries which which were closer to the command spot command space spotlight experience that we were going for let's stay on the mvp for for a minute and you're alluding to some of these at a high level but we want to dig into maybe one or two about decisions and trade-offs you had to make in building that MVP whether it be you know acceptance of technical debt or you know feature focus which I think you're alluding to a little bit tell me about some of those you had to make and how you coped with those decisions a couple of them that we had to make initially was one was around which search indexing system were we going to use or the search system that we were going to use and we had decided to go with algolia primarily because of how snappy the results are another that we had to make initially was how we were building our integrations one of the core hypotheses that we had at the start was in order to be the single point of entry for your work in related information queries you needed to connect with any and all tools that you could get hands on whether it be your wikis or chat systems or issue tracking systems and so on so scalability of integrations was top of mind for us 
one of the things that we didn't anticipate and ended up like we had to go back and rewrite a large part of our system as a result of this was it's not just a build problem it's also a maintenance problem like you can build a lot of integrations in a short period of time if you have the right abstractions but maintaining those integrations cost you a lot more time in terms of man hours and that's something that we hadn't anticipated and we kind of like lost over that in our initial imp- implementation so those were a couple of decisions that we had to revisit as we started getting some initial user traction this episode is encrypted by cypherstash data breaches are becoming a fact of life know why one of the reasons is because developers lack the right tooling to get the job done i.e. encryption at rest tools are complex and inadequate the solution encryption in use with cypherstash Cypherstash uses searchable encryption and use technology, providing continuous and universal protection for sensitive data. With Cypherstash, you can turn your existing database into a vault, utilizing zero trust key management, SQL native, and with no code. Though encryption is complicated, Cypherstash is easy to use. The tool fully supports SQL via a drop-in driver replacement, supporting the query types you know and love today. And did we mention it's fast? For queries over 100 million records, you can expect additional overhead of less than 1 millisecond. It's a no-brainer. Get started by reviewing their docs or downloading sample projects in Rails or Node plus SQLize today. Visit cypherstash.com/codestory and get started protecting your data. This episode is supported by Treble. This day and age, APIs are a fact of life. And as such, product and engineering teams need tooling that is lightweight, real-time, and data-rich to help them ship and maintain APIs faster. That's where Treble comes in. Treble is an all-in-one platform for the entire API lifecycle. The product offers world-class monitoring and observability, providing more than 40 data points for each request, enabling you to understand everything from performance to user behavior. Dashboards help connecting your entire team for lifecycle collaboration. Documentation is automatically generated, saving massive amounts of time for your development team with every new release. And setting up Treble, super easy and fast. In three simple steps, you can be up and running with their platform. Their pricing is designed to support API teams of all sizes. So get started with Treble today and automate your API ops. Did I mention they have a free forever plan? Find out more by visiting treble.com/codestory. That's t r b l l e dot com slash code story. So you've got your MVP; it's working. You're getting some traction. Tell me about how you progressed the product from that point and matured it. And I think to wrap that in a box a little bit, what I'm looking for is how you built your roadmap and how you went about deciding. Okay, this is the next most important thing to build or to address with Dashworks. In terms of the roadmap, a lot of it has been driven by our customers itself. We've had a few pillars that we identified that, based on initial conversations, and since then it has been reinforced that we knew we had to continue investing in. One of them is certainly, like, say, search relevance. How good your search results are and the response quality matters a lot. Latency matters a lot for for our use case and and a few others like these. So we've had these pillars from the start, but the specific features or improvements that we were prioritizing, we've tried to follow. customer feedback driven approach there so we have tooling around making it easy for go to market team members for example to quickly capture feedback and log it into a centralized system and then the product team can map it to certain features or improvements or pillars that we are looking to prioritize in a certain quarter 
some of the things that we have for example invested a lot in more recently are leveraging some of the advancements in large language models and generative ai into this search and question answering experience so we started with a more traditional search experience where you could see a list of results relevant to your query but now we've for example just added support for being able to get a synthesized response kind of combines information from different sources and so you don't even have to read the document for example and another experience that we are now just re- about to release is a multi-turn chat like experience where you can also ask the system follow up questions about your data and it's it's going to be able to kind of hold chat gpt like conversations but related to your internal work related information another thing that we invest a lot in is certainly expanding the set of integrations and data sources that we support that's a very common customer request and feature request a lot of companies used uh, use uh, different kinds of tools for the same function as well like uh, there are dozens of hris systems for example that we have to support things along those lines and a lot, yeah we just added for example hris support into our product so now you can ask it questions about your employees and your coworkers and it will be able to know who people work with what they work on and so on speaking of people let's switch to team so how did you go about building your team and what did you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you yeah i think this is something that we have thought about quite a bit more recently as we have continued to kind of grow the team a couple of things that we look for are being self driven and self sufficient that's something that works our team's working style quite a bit it allows us to move fast despite being a small team and have team members who can own things and define problems and solutions end to end without needing a lot of hand holding that's something that's quite critical for our team for example another has been having a low ego so we look for people who are much more interested in for example finding the right answer as a saying goes versus being right those are a couple of things that we really double click on in the interview process this episode is supported by terso terso is the open source edge database from the creators of libsql the popular fork of sqlite If you put your edge computing close to your users, like with Netlify or Vercel edge functions or Cloudflare workers, you should put your data there too in order to maximize performance gains at the edge. Terso makes it easy with a developer experience of SQLite in a distributed database you can replicate much closer to your users than traditional database offerings in the cloud. Terso's lightweight, easy to use, and free to get started. The team at Terso is offering a generous starter plan specifically for Code Story listeners. Head over to terso.tech/codestory and get started today. That's t u r s o.tech/codestory. Terso, welcome to the data edge. This episode was automatically optimized by Cast. If you run cloud native software on AWS, Google Cloud, or Azure, you know how out of hand the bill can get. This uncertainty hurts your business, but you can solve it with Cast AI. Cast AI automates cloud cost, performance and security management for hundreds of companies of all sizes. The platform's customers begin saving immediately and cut an average of over 60%. So before you go and sign a multi-year contract with a cloud provider or lay people off, check out what Cast AI can do for you. To get you saving even faster, Cast.ai is offering a free cloud cost audit with a personal consultation. Visit cast.ai/codestory to get started. Okay, let's switch to scalability. This will be interesting given your, you know, your 
you're building something that is going to be processing a lot of information, pulling in a lot of information, categorizing it, etc. Was this built to scale from day one or have you been fighting this as you grow in any sort of capacity? not say that we actually anticipated a lot of the scaling challenges early on. So that's certainly something that we had to fight as we continue growing. We've had these quarters where we have focused really heavily on trying to get step function improvements in our scalability and stability. Two main areas like like you correctly identified are large scale data processing, like making sure that we're able to move like gigabytes of data or terabytes of data per customer efficiently every day to make sure that the search experience is as efficient as possible. And the other is building and maintaining integrations so that you're spending less time per integration per team member as as you're growing the set of integrations that you support. So as you step out on the balcony, and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? The most satisfying part of the journey has been the people that we've got to work with, whether it be the founding team, the initial team members that we have, the leadership team that we put together, our investors, our advisors. Always there is something to learn from, from each of them and they've all contributed to make the company what it is today. So if I was to look back, definitely the team that we've put together has been the most, has been the most rewarding. Never get tired of hearing that. Okay, let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. One of the mistakes I think we made early on was prioritizing acquisition before user retention. And especially for a product like ours, which is designed for the prosumer or designed for the end user, it's very much a product that you should want to use. It's not something that you can really force a top down on on an end user. That's something that we spent a few cycles in in our initial journey that we uh, we could have done differently. And since then, we have like double clicked a lot on the end user experience, making sure that it's a compelling enough experience that people are coming back to it and finding value on it every day. We've also made some business decisions as a result of this. For example. We moved from an enterprise sales-driven motion to a self-service motion for onboarding new customers, primarily because with enterprise sales motion, one of the things that we soon found out is the requests that you get from admins and customers are very much focused on the admin tooling and and other aspects and not so much necessarily focused on the end user experience, but a self-service experience allows us to tie our efforts much closer to the end user experience. Similarly, a pricing has also evolved to reflect this. So we've moved from large upfront contracts, which is typically the name of the game in enterprise sales, to a much more friendlier usage-based pricing, similar to, say, modern SaaS applications like Slack and Notion that we're used to, where you're only paying for users who are actively using the product. And again, like aligns our internal efforts with the, the customer's interest, which is to, at the end of the day, making sure that they're getting value out of the product itself. So what does the future look like for Dashworks, the product, and for your team? One of the areas that we're really excited about right now is large language models and generative AI. It's something that our team has had experience working with previously in Bing and Google and Facebook and Stanford and other places. So it's something that's been in the back of the mind and we've incorporated pieces of it over the last couple of years already. But there's been definitely a paradigm shift in the last six months more specifically and allows us to reimagine the user experience in in a lot of ways and also solve a lot of long-standing problems that our customers have brought up around information access and, and discovery and, and, and related related aspects. So our vision 
starting to grow and evolve into more of a work assistant a single so to speak chat experience that allows you to not only find answers to your questions which what we are doing right now but also start acting on that information itself because we have access to the applications and the tools and the ability to write back into the tools as well like send emails on your behalf or update your salesforce and so on so one of the things that we really excited about is this idea of taking actions and executing workflows inside these apps as our platform continues to evolve Let's switch to you, Prasant. Who influences the way that you work? You name a person or many persons or something you look up to and why. Well, there's no single person that I look up to. It's probably a combination of stories I've heard or books I've read. I do get influenced by the book by books that have been recommended to me, especially by people who have worked closely with me or other peers. And definitely, I would call myself an avid reader. I try to keep up with autobiographies and biographies. So that's that's probably have ha, has had the biggest influence on me. And then the second bucket would be people I work with on a day to day. I've also found that I end up learning a lot from them, and so definitely influences the way I work on a daily basis. Okay, so we talked about a mistake earlier, but this is a little different spin. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do different? Where would you consider taking a different approach? It doesn't have to be something that went wrong. Could have worked out pretty well, but maybe you tweak it a little bit. Say the focus on user attention, we could have and this this self service motion that we ended up investing in in last year could have been something that we could have started with itself. I think it was probably a combination of not knowing better but also being in stealth and and so on and that's something that if you were to go if i was to kind of restart we could probably skip a few months of learnings and end up focusing on the user attention from the get go itself and accelerate of a lot of our learnings there last question prasad so you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing they're jazzed about it they can't wait to show it off to the world can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane what advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? I would say a couple of things. One would be that people probably have the most impact on on your journey and your business. It's while it's a cliche term, but the people that you surround yourself with do end up impacting. At least it's been the experience in my my experience impacting you the most. So if you can find people who are aligned in terms of your vision mission and complement your strengths, then it's probably going to lead to the biggest step function improvements in your company and I've been really fortunate to have those kinds of people around me. So taking your time to kind of make sure that you have the right people around you is probably extremely critical. And the second I would say is like having a learning mindset. Like while you want to get ahead of a lot of the learnings by reading books or talking to advisors or what not and make sure that you're like trying to see a couple of steps ahead at the very least. Nonetheless, you're going to make mistakes and having that learning mindset just allows you to have the resilience to go on. So those would be the top two things that I think I would also remind myself when I was younger but uh would mention to the next next person. Both great pieces of advice. Well, Prasad, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for telling the creation story of Dashworks. Thanks, Noah. It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. 
get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.